you where you were going 40 miles an hour. This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. If you're looking for COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. You can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Tim Ford. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Martin Truex Jr. He is For me, I would say maybe I feel even a little bit better about the Roval, just because it's a road course and I have a lot of... A lot of confidence in road courses. Clint Boyer sees the checkered flag. Capability for a catastrophic day is definitely there. That makes that race a dangerous racetrack. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley and the entire Motor Racing Network crew here with you for another weekly get-together coming off the Federated Auto Parts 400 race weekend at Richmond Raceway, a weekend that saw Christopher Bell of Joe Gibbs Racing go to victory lane in the Goat Bowling 250 this past Friday night. Matter of fact, Chris is going to stop by, talk about that win, and talk about what to expect this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway on the Roval. We're also going to go face-to-face with Elliot Sadler. He just ran his final race at his home track, and he's counting down to the final races of his career. We'll check in with Elliot. We're also going to visit with Ryan Newman's wife, Chrissy. She's been helping out animals that have suffered the effects of Hurricane Florence. We'll hear from her on today's show as well. MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni is here to break down the latest news and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll preview the latest podcast on MRN.com, preview the Charlotte Roval this weekend, and a whole lot more. But to kick us off this week is host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Rickey. Kyle is here with the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, while we are still eight weeks from the end of the 2018 NASCAR season, pieces are beginning to be put into place for 2019. Over the weekend in Richmond, Roush Fenway Racing announced that Ryan Newman will join Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at the team next year to drive the team's number six car. Newman announced last week that he would be leaving Richard Childress Racing at the end of this season. Earlier today, Junior Motorsports announced that Noah Gregson will join the team next year to drive the team's number one NASCAR Xfinity Series ride that will be vacated by Elliott Sadler at the end of the season. 
Riggs and currently drives for Kyle Busch Motorsports in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and is one of eight drivers still alive to win that series championship. And late this afternoon, JTG Doherty Racing announced that AJ Allmendinger would not continue with the team beyond the 2018 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season. No replacement driver has been announced. Allmendinger has been with JTG Doherty since midway through the 2013 season and has one win with the team, coming back at Watkins Glen in 2014. He sits 24th in the current standings, 22 points behind teammate Chris Busher heading to Charlotte this weekend. See more on all of this week's news now at MRN.com. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Over the weekend at Richmond, another Kyle, it was Kyle Busch, reached a milestone in his career. For more on that, here's Woody Kane. Kyle Busch has been racing in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series for 15 years. In his first full season of competition, he won his first race at Auto Club Speedway on September 4th, 2005. Runner-up finish earlier this year at Las Vegas, also at Dover. But tonight, he's going to be the man. Kyle Busch off the turn for the Kellogg Chevrolet. He is the winner of the Sony HD 500 in California. To be able to beat all 42 competitors out here on the Nextel Cup Series level is just amazing. And uh, it's been a great task. It's been a hard road for it. But these team guys deserve it so much. I mean, we should have been here at least five times or so this year but just we haven't we haven't been able to close the deal but tonight we did just three years later at auto club bush won his 25th cup race in a dramatic finish side by side slight contact off of turn number two they are nose to nose for the race lead down the back straight away for the final time kyle bush has all the momentum in the world he wants to make it three wide logano hamlin bush there's contact here's bush to the outside to take the top spot kyle bush will just power around the outside meanwhile hamlin and logano make contact hamlin in the fence, and Kyle Busch is going to win at the Auto Club Speedway in an unbelievable three-wide pass as they worked off turn number three. This past Saturday night at Richmond Raceway, Kyle Busch reached another milestone when he won his 50th. He sweeps the two cup races at Richmond in 2018. Time for the obligatory update on the wins. You're going to know this one. You see the sign, the 50 wins. It was 13 years ago this month. Win number one. Now you have tied two Hall of Famers, Ned Jarrett and Junior Johnson from the first two classes. Awesome. That's fantastic. It's uh, There's nothing like it, you know, to continue to have success and to continue to have it with uh, all kinds of different people. We've had different uh, engineers and, and pit crew guys, and uh, we've kept the team together for a long, long time. And then uh, last couple of years, we've kind of had a one or two guys here or there changing over. But um, it's been awesome, and uh, can't say enough about everybody I've worked with over my career getting me to this point. But man, we're talking like I'm going into retirement. I got to quit that. I got a long ways to go. I got a lot more people to work with and take the victory lane. Bush now sits 11th on the all time victory list, just four back from NASCAR Hall of Famer Lee Petty, and five back from another Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace. At just 33 years of age, Kyle Bush has plenty of time to add to his win count and his Hall of Fame career. Thank you, Woody. It's going to be interesting to see where Kyle's career win total stacks up when he finally hangs up his helmet for the final time. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Ryan Newman's wife, Chrissy, who has been working to help the animals of flood victims in eastern North Carolina, she's going to stop by. We'll hear from her next, and later we'll preview the latest podcast on MRN.com called MRN Presents The Many Hats of Jack Roush. 
Duralast batteries are proven tough to perform in temperatures of 140 degrees and 40 below zero. Because when you can start in extreme conditions, you can start in everyday conditions, like running late for work, a broken alarm, creepy parking spots. Duralast, proven tough and only at AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, get your head in the game. This ain't no exhibition match. This is for real. You've got a house to insure, and there are no excuses because Progressive's Home Quote Explorer makes it easier than ever to get the coverage you need. Here's some music to get you pumped. Don't chugga 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 meow meow meow. Don't chugga 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 feel that confidence. Don't chugga chugga chugga. Did I say stop saving money? No. Don't chugga 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 meow meow meow. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Ryan Newman's Rescue Ranch is doing great work for the folks in eastern North Carolina. Coming up, we'll hear from his wife, Chrissy, who just came back from some of the flooded areas. She's up next, but first, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Earlier today, Chrissy Newman, that's Ryan's wife, called in, spoke with our Woody Kane about her recent trip to flooded areas of eastern North Carolina. Chrissy Newman joins us now. She's the co-founder with husband Ryan Newman and president of Rescue Ranch. It's a nonprofit animal welfare organization in Statesville, North Carolina, and they've been doing a lot of work in the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. Uh, came through our area and just left a huge swath of devastation. Chrissy is back from uh, going down there and doing some good work to help animals. Chrissy, welcome to the program. And, boy, I know it was uh, an eye-opening experience. But before we get into that, tell folks who aren't familiar a little bit about Rescue Ranch because you've been going now since uh, 2012, right? Yeah, we uh, we had Ryan, the Ryan Newman Foundation that we started in 2005. And we kind of got directed in, in a lot of different directions and, and just really wanted to focus on making the biggest impact possible and uh, kind of felt like we could start in our own backyard and, and really try and make a, a good impact on our community and, and hopefully branch out to other communities from there. So we are an education facility. We um, do rescue animals and bring them in from hoarding situations through animal control, through other rescue organizations where they need homes. Uh, we work with them and, and get them used to being handled, and then we have field trips, um, preschool-age programs, uh, birthday parties. We do a big thing for um, the fall, just focused around harvesting and agriculture. We try and get kids out on the nature trails so they can experience the great outdoors and, and fall in love with the environment. So we're kind of an all-in-one animal place. We are working on plans to do adoption centers and a 24-hour emergency vet clinic and some therapeutic riding in our future. Wow, that's really cool. And I know, and I know it's not – a lot of folks may think, well, it's just, uh, you know, dogs and cats and stuff like that, but there are lizards and birds and the, and the whole gamut there, right? Yeah, we actually don't have any dogs or cats at this point. We work uh, well with a lot of the organizations in our area that do have the dogs and cats and other animals up for adoption and try and support them with food drives. Uh, we've got a great partner with Blue Buffalo so they help us out with food and trying to get food out to these organizations, and we do adoption fairs and different things. But right now we're focusing on the education. I feel like that's one piece that's just been lacking in everything that we do, and teaching kids compassion and empathy and respect. 
um, is something that I feel like is really going to impact our future. And, and these are your future policymakers and the ones that are going to invoke change. So trying to get to them at a, a young age and make an impression is very important. Exactly right. And now a lot of folks have been following along on social media, you and several other organizations, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, Code 3 Associates, which uh, some race fans may be familiar with from seeing it on race cars from time to time, headed to the areas that were hit hardest by a Hurricane Florence. And uh, I think a lot of folks have the mindset of, okay, well, the hurricane's gone now. Everything's back to normal. But I know that's not what you saw, right? No, not at all. Uh, I did swift water training with Code 3 a few years ago and, and some other training with them. So their director, uh, Eric Thompson, is amazing. And he called and said he was heading to the area. And I offered Rescue Ranch as a place for them to stage. And he told me he was going to bring an extra suit if I wanted to come out with them. Uh, we wear these dry suits because you don't really want to be in that water unprotected. Yeah. There's all sorts of contaminants in there. So he brought a dry suit for me, and I just uh, loaded up, and we've been on the water since last last Monday. We, we got out there and started kind of canvassing the area. Uh, we were out in the water yesterday. Uh, it, is, it is receding. Uh, we could see houses that we didn't even know were there when we were out there the days prior. So I'm hoping residents will be able to get back to whatever is left of their homes uh, here in the next week or so when the water is completely down. I think a lot of folks saw a lot of the, the social media stuff, not only that you were doing, but from others who would, would say, please uh, remember your pets. Uh, don't leave your animals behind when you have to evacuate for the hurricanes. What kind of stuff did you see when you were down there? Because some of the pictures were just out of this world. Yeah, I honestly was kind of embarrassed that this is still happening in in our country for all the resources and technology that we have to know that things are coming and i and i know some people had no choice i met several people there that we had pulled their animals out they had called they had been airlifted by urban search and rescue and they were unable to take their animals with them when they got evacuated and i think people don't realize that some people really don't have a choice and those people did call dispatch and, and we went out and were able to pull their animals out of their house and they would come visit them over at the emergency shelter that Pender County had set up and get to walk them and, and know that they were in a safe place. But I think there's a lot of conversations that need to be had uh, with the states on what their emergency preparedness is going to be like, because we were in a lot of situations where um, it's very it's very dangerous water, and there's a lot of groups and, and people that will try and get locals to take them out on boats to pull animals from houses, and they're in basically – uh, tactical pants and a t-shirt and mm. a really poorly made flotation device and yeah. I think people really should get training to be out there and it needs to be a little bit better planned on, on what the situation is going to be like so when you get down there it's not so chaotic. I saw uh, something from from Rescue Ranch on Twitter that they had uh, responded when when you had put up some pictures and some videos about one particular situation where you knew some animals were there and needed some help, but you couldn't get in to get them because of of, of red tape, essentially. Right? Tell folks about that. Yeah, there was a there was a very unfortunate situation. Um, we had heard some dogs barking when we were out canvassing uh, one of the rivers. And we just kind of said, all right, well, let's go check on it. You never know what you're, what kind of situation you're going to find. And rolling back in there, um, I was I was completely appalled and shocked. And mm. there were pigs, I guess, maybe, uh, 50, 75 of all different sizes, small, medium, large, extra large, 
uh, roaming the property, uh, multiple dogs tied to enclosures. Some enclosures I could not bring myself to even uh, go over to because their enclosure was completely underwater. Oh, no. um, and you could see the chain, but I, I just did not have, I didn't have the stomach to go over and flip the enclosure over. I knew it oh, was in there it. based on everything else I was seeing. Chickens, um, chickens in chicken houses, chickens in free range, um, chihuahuas on the porch, kittens running around. Mm. And there was uh, four large dogs, sorry, five large dogs, four four pits, one, two, three. Mm. Sorry, my math is terrible. This no, is I get you. I get you, yeah. We had three pits and two German shepherds. Uh, one pit was loose, two were tied to enclosures, and both German shepherds were in a small fenced-in area with uh, green water and no food and no way of getting out. And uh, we were only allowed to pull, um, per county regulations, the one pit that was uh, just currently standing in water, which broke my heart. I I had a rough night that night, just feeling very helpless. Sorry, still tears me up. I bet. Um, So after several conversations, they did call the owner. And we were able to go back in and pull whatever we could catch. We did not take the pigs. They did have dry land. So um, we did feed and clean water for everyone. And then we were able to pull all the dogs and cats off the property and at least get them somewhere dry and warm and they yeah. had food. Wow. that's that's. Uh, I'm glad that one turned out to be a happy ending because it would have been awful to, to know something's there and not be able to do anything about it. Um, I know that uh, you guys are still looking for uh, animal-specific supplies and things like that. Tell folks how they can help out because this thing is still far from over. Well, with Code 3 and all the different groups, uh, we had a great group with uh, the Humane Society of Miss- Missouri was there. Uh, American Humane was there with us. IFA, which is the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Code 3, Sweet Paws Rescue, which is in Massachusetts, Safe Haven from Texas. So there were people all wow. from all over the country that came out to get in these waters and to help these animals. And um, we just decided when we were out there, since Rescue Ranch was the most local organization to deal with what supplies and, and medical care was going to be needed for these animals after everybody pulled out, um, was the best way to route everything. So 100% of the proceeds and donations that come in are going back to the efforts that we had um, working with IFAW and Code 3 right now to identify those needs. And then as Pender County and the other counties that we were in uh, have needs, then the, the ranch has set up a pod here for people that wanted to donate supplies or items off that list. And we'll be taking those out as they come. Because right now they don't have anywhere to store them. Yeah, that's a big problem for sure. I know a lot of people want to help, and that is honestly the best way to help. It's it's hard. We had several people come to where we were stationed and want to come help and volunteer, but we really couldn't ask them to do anything at that point in time because we can't bring them out on water with us, and the county was very strict on their regulations on who was to go in the building and what was happening in the building once those animals came out of the water. So, Right, they don't want to have to come rescue you too from trying to help. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that has happened, and I think uh, the USA Today actually posted a story where somebody had gone in and pulled an animal that was unauthorized to be in the area and was arrested. Mm. So even though the best intentions, you have to go through the right process through the Emergency Operation Command to be able to get on the water or even pull animals. And they have the best intentions. It's just I think the conversation needs to be had not only in North Carolina but in several states on 
how they need to handle animals in a disaster. And I think it's at that point where we're having to be as buttoned up as much as urban rescue mm-hmm. because people want to stay because of their pets and they have no way of evacuating those pets, but it's, it's very dangerous. Yeah, I think it's something that many people don't think of until it's, it's too late and the water's already on you. So they can uh, find out more about it at uh, rescueranch.com. Is that right? Yes. RescueRanch.com will have all of the updated needs lists, and um, as we move forward, we'll try and continue with pictures and letting everyone know where their donations are going. Fantastic. And uh, folks can follow along on Twitter as well as it continues, a lot of the social media, a lot of folks in the racing community following along with that as well. And, boy, Chrissy, uh, thank you for taking some time with us. I know you're tired, and uh, just uh, thanks for all the work that you guys have done. I know it's, uh, it's, it's gut-wrenching, but, man, it really needs to be done, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping get the word out and, and being so supportive. We've I've gotten so much love on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. It's, it was a little overwhelming because I'm not a person that really seeks that kind of attention. <laughs> um, I just want people to know what's happening and, and how we can make it better so we can make a difference. That's Chrissy Newman as she spoke with Woody Kane earlier today. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll preview a new podcast on MRN.com. And later, we'll go face-to-face with Elliot Sadler. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward. Never retreating. Never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com. We'll preview a new podcast on MRN.com next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. The voice of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for hanging out with us on this week's NASCAR Live. Next time you're on your computer, be sure to direct your internet browser to MRN.com. We've got a brand new podcast about the life and the achievements of Jack Roush. It's called The Many Hats of Jack Roush. This week's show is about how the Cup Series team came together and how Mark Martin became his driver in the late 80s. I talked to Gary Nelson and he says, well, talk to Bobby Allison if you are looking for a driver. He'd be the best driver that's out there. He could help you build a team. And I talked to Bobby and Bobby was with the Stavola brothers from up north and he was near the end of his career and said he didn't want to make a change. I asked him uh, who he thought should drive the car. He says, well, Mark Martin is, uh, is capable, and he's out there, and he's, uh, he's been there, and he's, he's seen some. And he says, I think if you put him in good stuff, he could do the job. And I was like, okay, what are you going to do for testing? What are, you gonna, are you going to have enough tires? Are you going to do this? I know who your people are. You know, we talked about people and everything. When we got done, he, said, you know, he told me all that stuff, and he says, I would like to, uh, I'd like to have you drive my car. And I says, well, I'll do it. And I stood up, and I shook his hand, and I got lightheaded. And I talked to Mark after I talked to three other guys whose names I'm not going to mention. And the other guys were all interested in how much money they would make and how many days they had to, to do personal services. And Mark was interested in how many tires I would buy 
and uh, how much we would test who would work on the car. Mark Martin drives up high out of turn number four, comes out of the corner, and every person in this grandstand is cheering him on. He comes down, and he will win the AC Delco 500. It has been a long, hard road for Mark Martin. Well, you know, we had a number of people in the wings who wanted to talk to us about sponsorship, but we hadn't demonstrated we could win yet. When we won the race at Rockingham, the, it was with great relief that Steve Meal and Robin Pemberton and Mark and I celebrated the uh, the win because that meant that we could stay, uh, that I was almost certain to be able to get the additional support we made. We needed to be able to stay in the business for the long term. That's all from this week's MRN Presents, The Many Hats of Jack Roush. You can download that show or last week's show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we go face-to-face -face with NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Elliot Sadler and later... We'll visit with MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni. In a sport driven by acceleration, we're shifting gears to do more to help preserve our environment, driving the sport towards greater reforestation efforts, speeding up our recycling programs, racing greener with Sunoco Green E15, a cleaner blended biofuel. Because if we all shift gears to help the environment, we can keep racing for so much longer. To learn more about how NASCAR is shifting towards a greener future, visit nascar.com slash green today. After more than 1 million hours of development, the truck of the future has arrived. The new Cascadia from Freightliner. Inspired by science, driven by passion. It's loaded with driver-focused improvements, such as noise abatement technologies for an even quieter ride, an innovative wraparound dashboard for improved comfort, and a reimagined driver's lounge that promotes productivity and relaxation. Experience the new Cascadia at your dealer or online at Freightliner.com. We go face-to-face -face with Elliot Sadler next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Recently, MRN's Tyler Burnett talked with NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Elliot Sadler about his pending retirement and his future plans on this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face -face interview. Elliot Sadler will beat Denny Hamlin back to the start-finish line, and Sadler has won here at the Darlington Raceway. I guess this would be your last hurrah, right? If you could win this championship, what would that mean to you as far as your career, your legacy, everything else moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question. I um, it, it would mean a lot to me to, to be able to win a championship. I mean, we've been so close, and trials and tribulations and coming up short and all those things that give me sleepless nights all the time would, would all be rectified I feel like if, if we were able to pull off a championship and to be able to give back to Dale and Kelly and everybody at Junior Motorsports and Kevin and my guys and all of our sponsors and they've been with us for such a long time seem like it would make things right it's, it's not really about me winning a championship as it is about giving back to somebody that's helped us along the way so we've been close and we want to end it on a good note and give it everything we got and we want to leave it like I tell my players all the time let's leave it all on the field and that's what we're going to do this year for the playoffs I mean it'd be something that would be a nice accomplishment but it wouldn't be something that would hang over your head after this season no no I mean it would hurt if we were not able to make it uh you know because I know this is my last chance to win a NASCAR championship so that that would kind of probably leave a void somewhere in my life but it's not going to define you know define me as a person or as a dad or a husband or as a teammate or anything like that but it'll definitely uh, leave a scar because we were so close so many times and I had some great opportunities and would have could have and should have maybe just didn't capitalize on them enough and and, and, and I take responsibility for that uh, but we're going to put our best foot forward like we always do and, and, and see where the chips fall. 
I like some of the things you said in Indy about how you're enjoying being a dad right now. Um, so what's it like being a coach and a dad? Because you, you help, right? You help with softball and baseball? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been coaching about 15 years now, and my dad's always did it growing up. My brother has did it. But, you know, now it's getting more and more serious as my kids are now in, involved in so many different sports. And it's fun. Um, head coach of three different teams right now and, a so, and, and assistant on another one. So there's a lot going on. I got practice tonight that I'm missing because Shana's making me stay here too late. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's fun, man. I, it, it's in my blood. It's part of my personality. Uh, I enjoy trying to help kids and families and, and help them pursue their dreams, but especially when it's my kids involved too. I want to give them opportunities to, to uh, you know, have, have, a, have a good life at whatever they want to do. And, you know, my son definitely has got a niche in baseball right now, and, and I want to help him see it through. And, uh, and I think it's important for me to be there to be a part of that. I assume they enjoy it, and I also assume they're very athletic. They're, yeah, I, I, hopefully they got some of it for me. I was really athletic uh, growing up. I was very fortunate and uh, played six different sports in high school and got recruited to play two different sports in college and uh, worked really hard at it. And, and I think my kids got a little bit of that from me. So uh, my, my son's pretty He's pretty good, man. He's 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 going to be fun to watch, and uh, my daughter's still young, but but has some flashes of, of being very athletic. Just got to work on her, her skills a little bit. Uh, but I, I want to be there and coach them and help them in any way I can to, to give them some leadership and some mentorship and, and, and help coach them the fundamentals to make them where if they want to pursue something like that, that they'll have a great opportunity. Baseball is a lot cheaper than racing. A lot cheaper, and it makes Mama a lot happier. <laughs> anytime we bring up go-kart racing, I get a big no. Uh, but anytime we bring up anything about any type of baseball or softball or soccer or gymnastics or basketball or all the other stuff we do, I get a thumbs up. So we're going to stick with that for right now. Your boss is obviously Dale Earnhardt Jr., who made the switch from driving race cars last year to the TV booth this year. How do you think he's doing this year? I think he's done a great job on TV because what you see is what you get. Um, he's he's not trying to be this polished guy, fake guy, right? He's, you know, true to his emotion. He's showing his emotion. When something happens, man, he yells out. That's what we're doing at home. I mean, that that is a great reaction. So that's telling all the fans at home that he's not, it's not planned. It's not scripted. He, he, he's doing his real reaction to the race, and then he's showing that he's a real race fan. He's just not up there just to call the race. I mean, he's thoroughly enjoying it. That's the part I like about it. Yeah, people are getting on him about some of the stuff he says with the slide job and stuff like that, but that's real reaction uh, from him as a person, and I think that's great to see. Well, you know what the problem is? You would actually be good at it, too. And uh, and I'm a little worried about my job. I, I, do I do I need to know anything? Are you interested in broadcasting? Oh, I am not interested in broadcasting, and, and I've been asked that question. Well, I did TV for 10 years with, with Speed Channel and Trackside and all of that, and I had fun doing it, but that's more travel time away from home. If I'm going to travel away from home, I'm going to have my butt in the seat. You can find studio jobs, trust me. And it's hard, isn't it? Right. They all want you to be Not that hard if you're if you're you. Yeah, no, but I, uh, no, I'm good, man. Look, we, we have a lot of great guys in radio and a lot of great guys in TV, and let those guys keep doing what they're doing. I'm going to sit at home and drink a beer and watch you guys do it. That's Elliot Sadler on this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face -face interview. Coming up, MRN.com senior writer Pete Bastoni will join us. And later, we'll talk with Christopher Bell. I'm not blooming good. I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo! I want that onion to bloom. And it get in my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So bold, so nice. And I'm so, 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 so ready. 
about Kyle Petty here. My friends at Click and Close, the official mortgage provider of NASCAR, have stepped up this year to support Victory Junction through the fastest lap of the race program on NASCAR Radio. So join our team. Go to clickandclose.com/nascar today to donate $43 or more and help us give the gift of camp to children with serious medical conditions. That's clickandclose.com/nascar and just look for the Victory Junction logo. Thanks to Click and Close and NASCAR Radio for their support this season. MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni joins us next to break down the latest news and what to expect this weekend at Charlotte. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're spending some time with us on this week's get-together. And hopefully you've been spending some time on MRN.com. If you have, you know that a busy bee is named Pete Pistoni, our senior writer for MRN.com. Lots going on in the world of NASCAR, especially now that playoff business has picked up. Petey, hello. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hello, Mike. Always great to be on the show. Thanks. You, Jeff Wacklin, everybody on the dot-com side of the house have been have been busy, especially after the Federated Auto Parts 400 race weekend at Richmond Raceway. What were some of the things that were takeaway territory for you as far as what happened over the weekend in the Commonwealth? Well, certainly you have to start at the top with Kyle Busch winning the race. And for the first time this year in a season where we talked so much about the big three, the big three finished one, two, three, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. So I think anybody that thought maybe that was going to fade away here at the most important time of the season, it's not going to, and it didn't on Saturday night. I think that was the number one takeaway. And I guess the other end of the spectrum, Mike, would be who's going to have to really scramble now to make it to the next round of the playoffs. Those drivers in the bottom four, we've seen now in the last few years in this elimination format, if you're in the bottom four going into the third race and the cutoff race of the first round of the playoffs, the odds of you advancing are very long and I think that's going to be the case for those four guys as we go to the Roval at Charlotte this weekend. Well, and there's one in particular that has caught my eye. I'm sure he's caught your eye, and that's Denny Hamlin. Finds himself 16th of the 16 playoff drivers going into elimination race number one. I can't imagine the mental process that he's going through this week, just trying to gear himself up psychologically for a race that has never been run before on a track that's never been raced on before and trying to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and try to get yourself above the cut line and advance into the next round. That's quite a tall task for Denny. It really is, Mike, and it's a really good point. Listen, we've seen people in this playoff format have to win or, you know, go away. The, the do or die, if you will. We saw Kevin Harvick do it before a couple of times. We saw Brad Keselowski do it a couple of times. But the fact that Denny Hamlin has to do that and replicate that at a racetrack that no one has ever turned a competitive lap on this weekend – makes that an even much more difficult endeavor for me. And, you know, we've got a story that's going to go up this week about Denny. Looking at him for whatever reason, you go all the way back to 2010 in the chase up to now in the playoffs. When the playoffs and the championship season rolls around, it seems like the struggles become even more difficult for Denny Hamlin. And he's really, really in a hole right now going to Charlotte this weekend. You know, one of the things that we've not talked a whole lot about is is you could say the separation of competition at Joe Gibbs Racing. Whenever anyone talks about successes this year, they talk about what Joe Gibbs Racing's been able to accomplish. But the majority of those accomplishments have come from Kyle Busch. Yes, Eric Jones has won a race. Denny has not. Daniel Suarez has not. It seems like you have the 18 car of Kyle and then everybody else there at JGR. 
Well, and that's been the case, hasn't it, for the last even couple of years? I mean, let's go back to last year when Matt Kenseth was at Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, Matt won a race after we found out he was going to leave the team, but it was really Kyle Busch carrying everybody last year, and Kyle Busch is more than carrying everybody this year. Now, will that dynamic change in 2019 if indeed Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern wind up going to the 19 car? Yes, it would if that's what happens, but you're right about that, and I and I start to wonder aloud if, if maybe comparing anybody to Kyle Busch Joe Gibbs Racing or otherwise is an unfair way to compare anybody because of how good Kyle Busch is, but he's certainly been head and shoulders above all of his teammates here in 2018. Chatting with MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni as we head into the Bank of America Roval 400 this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Petey, let's do a little storyline triage. What are, what are the two top stories heading into this race, in your opinion, this weekend? Well, I think the top story is just going to override everything else, and that is what is going to happen on that racetrack. Nobody has any idea. We saw some testing there. We know that it was a lot of drivers driving into tire barriers and having a tough time getting around that, but we've not done that with 39 others on the track. So, you know, that's going to be the number one story. What kind of racing are we going to get coming out of this weekend? Then I guess the second part of that would be let's ladle in what we just talked about. How will that impact these drivers on the cup side that have to do well on Sunday in order to stay alive and move to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, those two things are so diverse that I don't know how one's going to play into the other. But I can tell you this, Mike, and again, based on some of the traffic we're seeing at MRN.com, some of the things we're putting up, interest level for this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway might be about as high as anything I can remember in recent years. And I think it's going to be an exciting weekend of racing, and we'll have to see how it all plays out on track. It's interesting that you bring that up because in chatting with some of the race fans, you know, we've heard that, well, the last big race that got this much attention was the inaugural Brickyard 400 back in the mid-90s. But even then, I would think that the anxiety level was low and pale in comparison to a track that you have to turn left and right. I mean, Indianapolis, you turn left four times and that's a lap. But with this, you're meandering through uh, the infield, you're on a road course, you're on the oval. There's a lot going on this weekend. I would say that this is one of the more talked about races of the year. And I would say you could date back into a couple of decades, just the just the attention that this event's getting. Yeah, and I think that's where you go with this. I think the correlation between the first Brickyard and the first Roval race is simply because it's something brand new. We never saw before. We never saw stock cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway before 1994. And we've never seen this hybrid road course oval track like we're going to see at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, this weekend. So, you know, looking at what you just said, lots of driver comments about what they expect this weekend. I can tell you one thing you're not going to find on MRN.com this week. That's any statistics because we got nothing to go on, Mike, about what's <laughs> going to happen this weekend to let anybody know how anybody else did at that racetrack. Yeah, good luck setting those fantasy rosters <laughs> this week because <laughs> there is absolutely no data to draw from. What else? will await us at MRN.com as we get closer to the events at Charlotte this weekend. Well, let's not forget that on Saturday afternoon, it's the second race for the Xfinity Series playoffs, and so they're going to be the first ones on the racetrack. We'll have a preview of that as well. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of press conferences going on. We'll have uh, all that covered and uh, lots of past history at Charlotte in the fall. You know, so we've been going to Charlotte in the fall for a lot of years, Mike, but we've never gone to Charlotte in the fall with this. But we'll take a trip down memory lane of, what it used to be back in the days of uh, the National 500 and that October weekend that has become a staple on the NASCAR calendar for so many years. And we cannot wait for it. Pete, thank you so much for joining us. Have fun this week on .com. Thanks, Mike. That is Pete Pistoni, senior writer for MRN.com. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Lots of great content await you there. 
And of course, right now we are counting down to the Bank of America Roval 400. Coming up next, NASCAR Xfinity Series winner from Richmond Raceway, Christopher Bell will join us. And later, we will preview this weekend's race at Charlotte. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting racingelectronics.com. The roar of motorcycles takes over Daytona International Speedway, October 18th through the 21st, with the return of Biketoberfest. Racing action features top riders from CCS and Azra as they take on Daytona's challenging 3.51 mile road course. Stroll through the area's largest motorcycle marketplace and enjoy Saturday's hot leathers fashion show and bikini contest in Harley Davidson Thunder Alley. Marketplace admission and parking are free. For race tickets, call 1 800 Pit Shop or visit DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Christopher Bell is locked into the next round of the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs. We'll talk with him next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Here he comes into turns one and two for the final time. He's got all the daylight he needs. No lap traffic to deal with. Maybe one lap car before he's through. Into turn three for the final time. Christopher Bell comes up on the lap car of Catherine Legg. Christopher Bell will lap Catherine Legg one more time. He'll see the checkered flag. And Christopher Bell wins the Go Bowling 250 at Richmond Raceway. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Friday night on the Motor Racing Network. Christopher Bell going back to Gatorade Victory Lane, winning the Go Bowling 250. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live, and we welcome in the race winner, Christopher Bell. Chris, welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Impressive performance in the Commonwealth of Virginia for you this year. You won in the spring, and, of course, you won this past weekend. Walk us through that race on Friday night, man. You seem to have a strong, strong race car. Yeah, well, I, I felt like we stole it, uh, that's for sure. You know, I I didn't feel like we had a winning car. We ran third, you know, in the top three the majority of the day, but never really contended for the lead on the long run. So it just worked out where the yellow came right there at the end where we could put tires on, and then my pit crew maintained the track position, and I was able to get a couple good restarts, and, you know, that's all she wrote. What kind of racetrack is Richmond under the lights? Is it one where... You know, it's just kind of tightened up, and you don't slip and slide as much. It obviously is a fast track. We see that just with the naked eye. But from your perspective, what feel do you get under the lights at Richmond? Well, it's still slick. That place is a very slick racetrack just in general. The pavement is really, really smooth, and I don't know. I guess the tires just have a hard time gripping the asphalt there. So it, it is really slick, and that's what makes it fun. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a place that – uh, tires fall off a little bit, so you have to really be patient. The bottom is really good there, so uh, you have to make sure that you hit the yellow line there on the bottom. So it's very line-dependent, slick, uh, wears tires out. It's a fun place. Chatting with Christopher Bell, winner of the Go Bowling 250 Friday night at Richmond Raceway. And then we now set sail into a very unique weekend a racetrack at Charlotte Motor Speedway where no one's raced at before. The Roval NASCAR Xfinity Series will be first up on Saturday. How do you prepare, Chris, for a track where you've never been to, you've never raced on, and, well, no one else has raced on either? Well, the good thing is, man, 
the uh, the simulation deal has come along so far in the last couple of years that you know we've got a really good simulation that Toyota does. So I've been able to get a lot of virtual laps at this place, and hopefully it, it pays off on Saturday. That simulation that you referred to. Is that like when you sit down and say do Michigan or you know Pocono or whatever racetrack, is it close to like real life as possible? I mean, is is it something like on iRacing when when we sit down and race that people say that's as close to real life as it can get? The in-house simulation that you have is that the same thing, kind of? Yeah, it is. So iRacing does a great job with the visual aspect, and they go out and laser scan all the racetracks, so everything there is spot on. The thing that uh, Toyota has in their simulator is the feel. You know, you're, you're in a full-motion cockpit of a race car sitting in a, in a real seat, and, you know, so you actually get the feel of the racetrack and the feel of the tires slipping and stuff like that. So uh, their simulator does a great job, and, you know, along with iRacing and the Toyota simulator, you know, I've, uh, I've, I'm able to do a lot of homework, that's for sure. Speaking of homework, what kind of homework have you done just on road course racing in general, you've done a lot this year. This will be your fourth race. What do you think here as far as your, your road course racing skill set and how it's developed? Well, I, I feel like I've made big gains on my road course skill set since the beginning of the year. It was something that I wasn't very good at and I didn't really look forward to. But after Mid-Ohio and Road America, I felt like we had really good speed and really were contenders in those races. So I, I feel good about going into the Roval here and Especially after winning Richmond, you know, I can kind of go in there with a nothing-to-lose attitude and try and attack, 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 and, and be really aggressive. And that's what I was going to ask you. You've already gotten, some would argue, the heavy lifting to get you through the first round. Charlotte, you don't really have a vested interest from the standpoint of you don't have to make anything happen to move forward. You've already done that. Will you be, I don't want to say experimenting, but Will this be like a learning-type weekend for you instead of a go-in-there-and-make-something-happen-because-you-have-to type weekend? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I, I think us winning at Richmond uh, gave us the, the leisure to be able to be really aggressive at this race. So whether it's pitch strategies or my driving, we can be really aggressive and try and contend for the win and do everything we can to try and win the race. Well, you've also got five more opportunities after that. The last six races of the year are road course, two one-mile racetracks, and three mile-and-a-half tracks. Which of those track types feed into the strengths of your race team right now? I love mile-and-a-half racing, man. To me, that's the most enjoyable kind of, of racing that we do. So uh, I'm really excited for Kansas Texas Homestead. Well, you got a lot of opportunities, obviously, for that coming up. You've got five wins under your belt. Two at Richmond, an Iowa, a Loudon, and a Kentucky. Full head of steam here going into the playoffs. We wish you the best. Appreciate the time, and I know you're going to have uh, you're going to have fun this weekend and points forward. And good luck in trying to be the 2018 champion. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Christopher Bell, race winner of the Go Bowling 250 Friday night at Richmond Raceway. Coming up, we'll look back on the events of this week in NASCAR history, and later we'll preview the Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte. Duralast batteries are proven tough to perform in temperatures of 140 degrees and 40 below zero. Because when you can start in extreme conditions, you can start in everyday conditions. Like running late for work, a broken alarm, creepy parking spots. Duralast, proven tough and only at AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. 
I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Get ready to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, we'll give you a preview of this weekend's Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte. But first, we go back in time with this week in NASCAR history. And we begin our trek this week in 1988. Guns N' Roses had the number one album in the country with Appetite for Destruction. In the Seoul Olympics, Carl Lewis became the world record holder in the 100-meter run, and NASCAR was at Martinsville. Daryl Waltrip won his ninth race at the paperclip in the Goodies 500. White flag is out for Daryl Waltrip as Alan Kowicki had to get the car righted and pointed straight again before he was able to stomp on the gas as Daryl Waltrip is off to another win. Clear sailing down the back straightaway as Walter just drops back behind the Dave Marcus car. No use in trying to pass the machine. Now he's on his way to another win. Darrell Waltrip off turn number four down to the line and will take the checkered flag and win the Goodies 500 here at Martinsville. Moving forward to 1995, Seal had the number one song with a kiss from a rose on daytime television. Donahue, Sally Jesse Raphael, and Oprah are the leaders on the talk show scene. And once again, NASCAR was at Martinsville. Dale Earnhardt passed Rusty Wallace with nine laps to go to win the Goodies 500. It'll be the white flag this time by. Here comes Earnhardt out of turn number four, trying to eat into the lead that Jeff Gordon holds. One lap to go as Earnhardt pulls away. The battle is a good one for second. Terry Labonte's finally got the lane to the inside of Rusty Wallace. This is what Wallace did not want to see. Terry is there. The nose out in front. Terry's going to clear him on the back straight away to get second. Here they work through the corner. Earnhardt's going to win his sixth Martinsville victory. And we end this week in 2006. Natasha Bedingfield is number one with Unwritten. On the big screen, Jackass number two is the number one. On NBC TV, Heroes made its debut. And NASCAR was racing at the Monster Mile. Matt Kenseth ran out of gas in the closing laps, giving the Dover 400 to Jeff Burton. Kenseth's in trouble. Kenseth is off the pace. There's a problem on the DeWolf Ford as everybody goes streaming by on the back straightaway. Matt Kenseth dives down to the apron of the racetrack as Jeff Burton rolls off turn number four and will take the white flag. One lap to go. And on moving on to pit road, here comes Matt Kenseth. Word is Matt Kenseth is out of gas. He's on pit road coming in. Jeff Burton is on his way to victory lane for the first time in 175 races dating back to October 2001 in Phoenix, Arizona. Jeff Burton's going to win today at Dover. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. This weekend, the Cup Series is road course racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And for a preview, here's Susie Armstrong. Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams wrap up round one of the playoffs this week with the inaugural Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Formerly a 500-mile clash on the Charlotte Oval, the clutch race unfolds on the newly configured 2.28-mile oval and infield road course circuit. Sporting victories at Watkins Glen International and Sonoma Raceway, 
Kevin Harvick can find no reference point to gain advantage on Sunday. There's really no questions to the quiz even written yet, you know, so you don't even you don't even have to worry. You don't even know what the answers are uh, because there are no there's there's no questions that are, that are even uh, a part of the equation so far. So kind of a, a road course that, that is just a lot different than than, you know, Watkins Glen and Sonoma. It's a, it's a little bit disjointed uh, as far as how it flows. And, and so there's just there's just a lot of unknowns of, of what you need to do, where you're going to pass, how it's going to race. Uh, what the right strategy is going to be, how do you survive, um, and God forbid if it rains, what, what will happen. So um, there's just a, there, there's a lot of lot of unknowns, and, and I think that's part of the um, uniqueness of the event, and, and that's a good thing. Immune from round one playoff elimination, Martin Truex Jr. still displays a bit of trepidation as the defending champ recalls the first laps around the 17-turn road course. We've done testing there. You know, a lot lot of cars have gotten tore up. Um, The tires are going to be different than what we all tested on when we go back to race. It's just there's so many unknowns because we haven't raced there, and it's, it's been hard enough to figure out the place and make some laps and testing, and now you put 39 of us out there, 40 of us out there. Um, so that, I think, is probably the biggest wild card race right now. Set to advance to the second round of the playoffs, Kurt Busch concurs with the prevailing dialogue in the garage. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be yellows, there's going to be craziness, and you hope you don't get caught up in other people's messes. Who knows what to really call for a pitch strategy yet? And then, um, you know, I saw they approved rain tires. And it's pretty much rained every September in uh, in Charlotte during the playoffs, so we could have that element as well. The green flies over the Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway this Sunday afternoon just after 2 p.m. Eastern. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Susie Armstrong. Thank you, Susie. A lot of unknowns coming into this race this weekend. We'll see how it all unfolds together. And, of course, you can keep tabs on it at MRN.com. That's going to put a bow on the show for this week. We'd like to thank Christopher Bell for stopping by. Also, Elliot Sadler for being a part of the show, along with Chrissy Newman and Pete Bastoni. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for spending time with us this week. We will chat with you right here next week on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. If you're looking for COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. You can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. 
like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.